0: Hello and welcome back to History for Today. This morning I want to talk about another essay that deals with Niklas Luhmann and his Zettelkasten. And this one is from a 2018 book edited by Alberto Sevolini, called Forgetting Machines, Knowledge Management Evolution in Early Modern Europe. And the chapter that I want to talk about is actually the 12th chapter, and it is called Niklas Luhmann's Card Index Thinking Tool, Communication Partner, Publication Machine by Johannes F. K. Schmidt. Now Schmidt's article is an overview of Luhmann's Zettelkasten, again, which draws on the article that I already reviewed about a week ago, but also on other things that Luhmann said over the years about the system, as well as on the author, Schmidt's actual experience with the Zettelkasten system of Luhmann and looking at actual Zettlers, so I thought it would be interesting to take an even broader look at this. And some thoughts came to me as I was doing this that I want to share with you, and some of them are also about Margin Note 3, which I talked about yesterday. So Schmidt sets the scene by reporting that at his death, Niklas Luhmann had a very impressive publication history that included over 50 books and 550 articles To emphasize the importance of Zettelkasten, of the slipbox note-taking system, in producing this output, Schmidt quotes Luhmann saying, "The filing system explains my productivity. Filing takes more time than writing the books." Hang on now. I'm about to digress. This is an interesting statement not only of the importance of the system to providing Luman with the insights that he needed, but also to the fact that the production and the tending of this structure of ideas that it represents is by no means a trivial process. I think it's important to emphasize this point, since there may be some people, there seem to be folks out there nowadays, who seem to be hoping that the second brain idea is a shortcut to brilliant insight and to super productivity. It might be more accurate to actually say that it is a way to insight and productivity, but it's not necessarily a shortcut. Tending the Zettles is apparently a very serious commitment if I expect them to result for me in thoughts that are going to be valuable. And this thought process that I'm going through right now that I'm describing to you is an example of that point. These thoughts didn't occur to me until I was back in this article, which I had read a week or so ago, organizing the highlights that I had made into a tree diagram in Margin Note 3, and thinking about them as individual thoughts, and also thinking about how they fit together in the original article and how I might want to fit them together. So I'm going down a rabbit hole here, but this is an interesting sort of deconstruction process that illustrates how margin note three is actually very useful as a thinking tool. I had created a series of highlights, which at first just appeared as a bunch of cards in kind of a box, in a stack, in the order that I had taken them. And as I began fitting these ideas into a tree diagram that represented a train of thought, I would click on each one, and the text view would jump to that highlighted passage. Then I could take a moment to think about whether I wanted to slot it into where it seemed to fit in the author's argument, or whether I instead wanted to match it with other highlighted ideas into my own organization. It's sort of interesting to me, as I'm deconstructing this text, or the parts of the text that interested me, which is a subset of the original things that Schmidt said that it's like looking under the hood at the machine that makes the car go. Now there's an internal combustion metaphor that may be obsolete in a couple of years, but that's another tangent. I can use those parts in a different arrangement, which creates a slightly different walk through that forest of information that I mentioned when I talked about Lumen a few days ago. I'm fascinated by this relationship between the multi-dimensional nature of this forest of information in my metaphor and the two-dimensional linear essay that comes out of it Uh, because even if it meanders of course the essay is still going to be a line from the front of the text to the end it's like i'm picking some fruits from the trees and continuing to walk i'll return to this idea another time but let me begin to dig out of this hole back to my original point i can fit the ideas that i highlighted in the article together into different combinations, to tell the story of the article in the review in a way that I think still represents the author's argument, but better fits my own interest. And I think this is similar to what Luhmann did. The point that I was making before was that this is something that happened when I returned to the highlights and did two things. First, I organized them into these tree diagrams in margin note three's graphical view, which I think was very valuable. And then I started writing this outline on a separate screen with the margin note three screen open in a different window. And I was jumping back and forth between windows. I think this workflow itself is what enabled the thought process that I've just been describing. So I think that that means the system is working. And now back to our original story. Luman also said, that he originally began his Zettelkasten, quote, for the simple reason that I have a poor memory, end quote. Uh, this may be false modesty, but since the system ultimately grew to two dozen drawers containing about 90,000 cards, I think it's safe to say that at some point, somewhere along the way, Luman did exceed what he would have been capable of remembering in his head. The second of the two sets of Zettels that Luman made during his career that he made between 1973 and 1996 contained 67,000 cards. And as time passed, he became more succinct and his notes became compact and thesis like, in Schmidt's words, increasingly focusing on how the idea that Luhmann was adding into the box fit the train of thought that was already happening there. And this decision about the usefulness of an idea also influenced where it would be put in the Notebox. Luhmann took from his reading, in his words, what could be utilized for the cards that had already been written. Hence, when reading, I always have the question in mind of how the books can be integrated into the filing system, end quote. And when he says filing system, I take that to mean, and I think we can assume that he means the thought process that the filing system represents. Schmidt mentions in a footnote about this time, that this means that Luhmann frequently reread books more than once with different questions in mind. Schmidt stresses the idea that there were no privileged positions in the box of notes. He mentions Luhmann's remark that some things fade away, some notes are never seen again, which struck me last week as well. And he says that this seems to have happened. He says, We repeatedly find sets of cards that have not or rarely been visited from the time when they were created. These black holes, as he calls them, in the box are usually notes that have very few links to other ideas in the system. What Luhmann called the system's capacity for internal ramifications doesn't guarantee that the links will happen. It requires not only a certain degree of relatedness of the ideas, or at least of Luhmann's notes on the ideas, which were already filtered and guided by his interests, but also time and effort that he put into following the particular trains of thought that would link the ideas and make them take root. Another aside here, I couldn't help myself from using the organic metaphor there. I hesitated when I was writing it, but then I went ahead, because I'm beginning to feel like the digital garden metaphor is a really powerful one for this process. The idea that by tending these zettles, they will grow from shoots to seedlings to a crop, and ultimately some of them into evergreens. Schmidt was also impressed with Luhmann's resistance to the linearity of the book structure and the tables of contents. And Schmidt also quotes the passage where Luhmann says that he wants to avoid committing to a specific sequence once and for all for decades to come, exclamation point, which I had remarked on last week. The idea of what we now call dynamic hyperlinking allowed Luhmann to have ideas that, as he said, without these cards, just by contemplating, would never have occurred to me. Schmidt does mention that Luhmann seemed to enjoy what he called relating heterogeneous issues, but he acknowledges that the Zettelkasten system facilitates this apparent randomness. He says that Luhmann typically only included one to three places in his index where an idea that he was looking for could be found in the box, and he depended instead on the internal reference system, with the result that ideas frequently, in his words, lead away from the original topic to a variety of other subjects that the user initially would not have associated with the first one. Schmidt is talking, of course, about his experience as a reader of Luhmann's notes. It occurs to me that the experience must have been even more powerful for the writer of the notes, and I'm looking forward to that. There are a couple of other notes in my notes from the chapter 13 of the book where Marcus uh, Krajewski, at the beginning of his article, which follows Schmidt's in the book, quotes Luhmann as describing the system as basically infinite, which is very cool. So this is the moral of the story for me. It seems that it's valuable for me to highlight and then organize my highlighted notes visually before beginning to write them down and to deliberately go through these steps. Schmidt agrees with the idea that without writing, we're not really thinking. And he's quoting Luhmann again when he says this. I haven't really resolved the question in my head of the next step in this thinking process. So far I've gotten to the stage where I can write an essay about the article that I just read, but that's probably just really an intermediate step. In a week or so, I should probably return to this particular daily note in Rome and decide whether and decide what deserves to be turned into a permanent note. And I think having an actual physical box of actual note cards probably helps and thinking about what I want to take the time to get a pen and a card out and write down and file is probably a valuable step in that process. And I will probably say more about that next week when I return to this and make some notes. But that's all for now. So I hope you found that a little bit interesting. Stay tuned for more. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you again next time.